We should come up with like an intro thing that we do when we start. Like, yeah, like a sound off that we memorize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, can... hey, welcome to Quizacast with like, my name's Logan, and this is Sanity. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I a redneck? <laughs> Again, I'm loud. Okay. Why not? The roles are distributed randomly. Okay. And it's different every week. Mm. Or like you go like, hey, my name's Matt, I'm Logan, and this is Sandy, and this is Quizacast episode 26, or whatever. Today is July 30th, 2018. 28th episode. 30th of July, though. That's two more numbers than the episode. Welcome. (laughs) Is there there anything notable that happens at age 28? Not really. We kind of passed by all the... The one-year death anniversary of a famous musician? Oh, yeah. We, we passed by all the notable years already. Like, 21 is legal drinking age in America. Right. 19 is, you can vote now. Right? Wait, what? Is no, it or is 19, also... 18 is vote. 18 is vote. 19 is legal drinking in Canada. Canada. Yeah. Well, BC. Oh, BC. BC yeah, it's yeah. 18 in different Alberta. Alberta. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing exciting is happening this episode. Well, it's what I've decided. No, we, we just have 27 to look forward to when we die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this this is in fact episode twenty eight. Yeah. Of Quizacast. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Hi. <laughs> it's hot as balls in this room. It, it's not as hot as everywhere else I've been in my life for the past three days. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. <laughs> this is probably the coolest room I've been. <laughs> but also, I don't think the bar is being raised that much. No. I had the AC cranked before you guys came, and I did the thing I did before, where I turned it off. Just before we started. Right, so it's going to get hotter as we're going to slowly melt it into gra- that. Gradually, the, the longer we record, the hotter it will become. It's good, I love There's that. also, it doesn't help that there are two computers in this room, and also a mixer. This thing gets hot, feel this. I'm now touching the mixer. Well, where is it? There's like a specific spot. Maybe maybe not yet, but Make sure you don't. Up. It, oh, is, it is kind of warm. It, I don't know, like, sometimes it gets very hot, and I don't know why. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. It's because of all the magic going on in there. Yeah, there's yeah, a lot of audio. all that audio magic, there's a lot there. of audio. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They have to take extra precautions to cool the set on Harry Potter every every time because of all the magic. Because oh, of all yeah. the magic. Mm, yeah, I thought it was just because of all the the hot energy between Dumbledore and Snape. Mm, mm. That too. That didn't help. It didn't help. It didn't. It didn't, it didn't, didn't help, help it get any cooler. Dumbledore's yeah. gay, right? Yeah, and he's dead. Oh. Spoiler cast. Here. Straight Snape. <laughs> Straight Snape kills gay Dumbledore. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're already into the hate crimes. <laughs> yeah, we really jumped Have we introduced ourselves yet? No, we haven't. Okay. I mean, I introduced you in the fake intro. That's. I guess we'll keep the fake intro. Should we do a, a real intro? No, I, it's too late. It's too late? Okay. Yeah. What? Hi, my name's Logan. My name's Matt. I'm not going to do it. I'm my name's Sandy. Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Quizacast episode 28. Whoa. Jesus the Christ. The radio voice. What Jeez. are you, Barry White? Yes. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Here we are. This is now video game time. What video games did we all play to this week? Or whatever. We can talk about whatever you want, baby. Damn, Jesus. dude. I think you should do the intros from I'm now like, on. I'm like up to 80% hard right now. <laughs> I'm going to get you that last 20%. (laughs) I hope, man. (laughs) All right. It probably helps that you have the dynamic mic this week, which which makes your voice even... Dynamism. 
Yeah, it makes it even muddier and, and deeper. Mm. Somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well. I, Matt, uh, what did you get up to for the past week or so? I didn't really get a chance to play many video games this week, uh, or last week for that matter. I've been really busy trying to finish projects, mm. uh, both uh, uh, curricular and extra. Uh, there's a new video that is, uh, if you are listening to this, it is it is finished, and you can you can watch it now. It's it's about Bennett Foddy. Uh, if you're listening and the video is not out, then congratulations, you are a time traveler with minor copy editing by me. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I was just frantically trying to get that done uh, and and juggle that with with everything else. And so yeah, I didn't get a, a ton of time to play games, but I did play a a video an electronic game called wow. Environmental Station Alpha. Ooh. Uh, finally got around to that. I I discovered it through Matthew Matosis, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was doing... He did a comparison video between it and another... Axiom so, Verge. Yeah, so um, yeah. So Environmental Station Alpha is, is a Metroidvania game. And yeah, comparing it to Axiom Verge, also a Metroidvania game that I finished a few months ago. Mm. Didn't like all that much. Mm. Uh, I thought it was kind of... Mm, it did a few things well, and... Uh, yeah, overall, I thought it was kind of a mediocre game. Uh, I liked the weapon variety. The music was really cool. Mm. But everything else about it just felt very... It felt like a Metroid... It felt like a Super Metroid clone in every other sense. And also, much like Super Metroid, it had boss battles where... Here's here's this huge hulking boss with a lot of health. And we've given you a lot of health because you're not going to be able to dodge most of these attacks. <laughs> so just tank as much damage as you can... Stand in one place a lot of the time mm. uh, and just just fucking fill this boss with as much damage as you can, uh, which I wasn't a huge fan of. But then I play <laughs> Environmental Station Alpha, and I can tell you that it is also a lot like Super Metroid. <laughs> Some things never change, but I, I'm enjoying it more uh, than I enjoyed Axiom Verge. I'm enjoying my time with this a lot more, and I think a lot of it has to do with uh, this the the combat in this game feels more skill focused than mm. a lot of other Metroidvanias do, with the exception of some games like Hollow Knight. Mm. I, I thought had really exceptional combat. Uh, You're playing a lot of Metroidvanias. I know. I think I need really to stop. That. I, I I think I'm Have getting you played any Castlevanias. You should just play a Castlevania game now. Maybe I should. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go back and play Super Castlevania. <laughs> uh, I thought I had that. No, I I never did get that on. I have Super Metroid on somewhere you around. should play a uh, castlevania symphony of the night and just get disappointed by how that <laughs> why is this part of that naming convention <laughs> right yeah so yeah i yeah i, I think i'm getting burnt out on, on super metroids i need to mm. and i think part of it is is hollow knight really spoiled me mm. i think it might be part of it because hollow knight was is easily yeah i, I would say it's the best metroidvania i've played period i i really liked hollow knight and so everything else since then has felt really subpar. <laughs> and I don't think Environmental Station Elf is a bad game. Um, I'm kind of like already voicing like a negative opinion of it, I think, uh, which I don't mean to. Like, it's it's a decent game. I would say the number one thing about this game is if you are looking for a Metroidvania game, this is 100% that and not much else. It oh. is Metroidvania through and through. Mm. You got the the little donut projectiles like floating around there's well this this door is red and i Mm. can't shoot it open with my normal gun i wonder what what's gonna happen you need the missile i'm you maybe need a new a new weapon to access the store that i'll get later 
But it's got like a minimalist style to it, right? That's yeah. that's one thing that I really liked about it is it is extremely minimal. It almost I it almost looked like a Pico eight game. Uh, oh, okay, but cool. it's but I think it's higher resolution and, and it is mm. it is not peak away. Oh yeah, and it has that like square uh, aspect ratio, right? Yeah, yeah. Or like uh, four so, by three or something, which is why it reminded me of, of that. And yeah, mm. I, I had to look it up. I'm like, is this a peak away? It's it's mm. not, but and yeah, the soundtrack is really good too. Oh, yeah. uh, so that you know, they, they they're already nailing a couple key Metroidvania things: good music, uh, visual visuals. I, I actually, even though Axiom Verge had more. Uh, robust visuals that were mm. probably closer to Super Metroid. I thought they. I don't think it was good pixel art. It mm. was. It, it felt like everything really clashed at times. Mm. It was sometimes hard to tell the background from the foreground, stuff like that. Whereas I think Environmental Station Alpha does a lot better overall. You know, you mentioned that like a good staple was good music, and I'm just imagining now a genre that a staple of it is bad music. Like, oh, this was it was a great game, but it really dropped the ball because its music was great. And really, this genre usually has terrible, terrible music. Uh, B games, yeah, yeah. No, but like, even it's just, those. it's just a it's a MIDI version of the X Files theme. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm halfway done, and I think I kind of got stuck on a part, and I mm-hmm. haven't really gone back to it. It's it's funny. Like, I I'm enjoying my time with this game more than axiom verge but this i've also i'm getting more lost and confused about what to do in this game than any other super metroid type game that i've Mm -hmm. played so i guess there's that too but yeah i i guess yeah the thing i was going to say earlier is is i like this game more overall because the combat feels more skill-based so it's not all about you actually get a very limited pool of health in this game like i think you start with only eight or Mm -hmm. yeah like eight and most points, enemies do one damage? Or um, do it gets worse later. Some enemies right. can, or some bosses can do two or three damage. Jeez. Uh, so it does get tough, and you only have so much health. And mm. yeah, it's kind of that Dark Soulsy thing where you got to go from the save point to the boss, not take any damage, and then be as conservative with your health as you can. Mm. It's it's very unlike a lot of Metroidvania games where, yeah, you can't really tank damage in this game. Mm. Uh, and you do have a dodge ability, or you don't start with it, but you get it later. You get a kind of a, a dodge kind of ability where right. you can like like a dash. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. You, you can you get some iframes. Uh, so yeah, it's there is more of a skill component to it, uh, which is which is rad, uh, and I, I prefer that over mm. sit here and shoot the guy and just stand still because it's impossible to avoid most of these things that are coming your way. <laughs> Hope you got enough energy yeah. packs. <laughs> That's it. I don't I don't really have a lot to say about it. It's just uh you know, it's a decent. Metroidvania game, which you know, if if you're like me and and I guess you, I, I think you also at some point expressed being kind of bored of Metroidvania games. Yeah, it, it was. It's I, I played a lot of them, and uh, yeah, I think it was. I played um, Steam World Dig Two, which is in all respects a great game, but I was just like burnt out on the Metroidvania aspect of it, and I it was a weird it was the weirdest experience of a game I've had where I was not enjoying it at the end of it, but I was forcing myself to finish it, mm. and I don't it was because I recognized it as like this was a very well designed game, and there was a lot of really cool decisions they made in it, but I like wasn't enjoying any of it, right. <laughs> like yeah. past the halfway point, I was just like I get what this game's doing, but I have to finish it out of like respect I've, I've, felt, I've felt that way about some games Mm. yeah if if you're kind of burnt out of metroidvanias i would say maybe stay away because it's it's that through and through Mm -hmm. uh but i mean if you're just looking for like i want to play a super metroid like game just you know just because this one's pretty good i I would recommend it cool uh also the publisher i think is also publishing a really interesting indie game that's yet to come out called uh baba is you i think is it is what it's called i wish i had more to say about it but i i 
it seems like a game where I don't want to say much about it because I, I, I haven't done enough research on it. I'm kind of just waiting for it to come out. But it's a little indie game where it looks like you're this like little cartoon looking animal mm-hmm. and you're pushing wards around that are that are in the game world, like on the overworld, and you're pushing these blocks around that are mm-hmm. different words, and you form different sentences like uh I think like some of the preview footage I saw was wall is gone or baba is big or something you're forming oh, okay. these sentences and and as you complete them it changes things in the game world that's cool and that's how you solve puzzles. that's a really cool idea that's all i really know about it um but yeah that's an interesting game i might cover at some point that's all i really played did you do anything interesting sandy i watched a couple of movies oh what movies did you watch yeah i watched snatch uh, by guy Ritchie. Oh, that's a good movie and I, I wanted to watch it because I'd seen King Arthur, his version of King Arthur before, Legend of the Sword. And I wanted to go back and see what the Guy Ritchie style was back then. And then so I watched it and then I rewatched King Arthur. And I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense that the same guy made this. Wait, and, does King Arthur have the same kind of like stop the action and introduce a character? No, 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 not, it doesn't go that far into being a Guy Ritchie movie, but oh, okay. it's got the pace of it, right? Like especially the the sequence where Arthur grows up, goes from all the way from like age four ish to where he's King Arthur now, and he's gonna go and pull out the sword any minute, mm-hmm. and it's re- it's a really cool little little piece of the movie and the movie overall is pretty well directed mm. it got crushed by guardians because it came out like two week- weekends mm. after it um, wait this is like on the a box new office. movie oh, no shit. no this was like i want to say two years ago that's still kind of new in my yeah, mind. yeah yeah yeah. it so was that's, recent that's okay newer than snatch for sure yeah um but should i should look that movie up? yeah that movie's pretty cool especially because i'm i'm all into like mythology and stuff mm. and it used everything really well and then I, I listened to Guy Ritchie talk about it on Joe Rogan's podcast, and he was talking about how much about narrative he thinks, and he was like relating the fact that King Arthur is the is the archetypal narrative where people are trying to tell him who he is, but he only he has the power to pull the sword out. Mm. And I was like, man, Guy Ritchie's fucking deep in this shit. <laughs> and I was like, I gotta watch his movies. So I watched Snatch and really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I hadn't realized that apparently uh, there was a Bollywood remake of it that I had already watched. Mm, what? That was really shitty. Oh my god! So I was like, I was kind. Of, by the end of the movie, I was disappointed in myself for knowing what's going to happen. <laughs> um, but overall, it was really good. Right, because there's that big twist at the end, right? Or like, kind of big twist. Like the the oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah that makes sense yeah because yeah, uh, the first time I did yes, I watched it I was so yeah yes. Matt obviously hasn't seen Snatch yeah <laughs> yeah so I, know, I totally know what the yeah. thing is yeah and I and I watched those two movies and I over the course of the past couple of weeks I rewatched the last airbender avatar the last airbender the wait the movie by mm. m night Shyamalan. that doesn't exist <laughs> i don't know what you're talking Sorry, you're about. talking about movies so i had to assume well yeah, yeah I, I, no i watched the tv show it was on netflix okay cool and just How recently came it? on on netflix um 20 episodes three seasons so 60 episodes total yeah 22 okay, minutes okay. each wait that's yeah. how long avatar was yeah the first the Avatar: The Last Airbender, yeah. Wait, that's only like total. That's how many episodes they made? Sixty. Oh, I sixty-one. Thought, for some reason, I thought they made more than that. No, like 
it felt longer when I watched it as a kid. Mm. But were now they, it was like... Were they long episodes? No, they were 22 minutes. Yeah. Huh. That sounds like regular, like, quote-unquote, serialized anime length. Right? Yeah. Like, that's similar to, like, hmm. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood had, like, that. See, for some, for some reason, I, I assume that The Last Airbender was, was kind of like Naruto, where it just, mm, it where just, it just, kept, keeps it just kept going. And <laughs> yeah, going. I think the thing was that because it came out once a week, probably, mm. when it did air on Nickelodeon... It felt longer, but like I, I just kind of and it's got a pretty know. good arc, right? You go through all the elements, and then that's yeah, like kind of it. it yeah, it's really yeah. good. Yeah. And like I found myself because as a kid, I obviously related to Ang, the main character, mm. but like now I find myself relating more to Zuko, who was hunting Ang. I don't know if you've seen the show. I, I saw the guy with, with, with the with uh, the scar. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you watch the show, I. You might re- know what I mean, but I don't know. I don't know. I haven't really re-experienced a piece of media where I related to a completely different character and a completely mm-hmm. different feeling mm-hmm. um, in the show. So, do you guys have anything like that? Uh, I do, actually. Um, the closest thing I can think of is uh, rereading Calvin and Hobbes mm-hmm. uh, as an adult. Yeah. And and being able to appreciate... And identifying with the dad? <laughs> not Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a parent. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, being able to appreciate mm. a completely different dimension of of those comics that mm. you you wouldn't have been able to understand as a kid. Mm-hmm. Even even some Pixar films are kind of like that too. Yeah, where there's to a lesser extent. I, I think I had that feeling much more strongly with Calvin and Hobbes, though. Mm. Yeah, I think Calvin and Hobbes is a good pull for that. Um, for me, uh, I don't really revisit media media very often, like art or anything. Uh, I, I tend to kind of like read or view something once and then kind of drop it mm-hmm. um but there's like let me think uh no the only one i could see is like there's a book called house of leaves and it's like one of the few oh, books yeah. that i've read like more than like two times it's a huge uh, book too, it's a giant it? book but it's always like i don't know i go back to it every like few years uh and I, I always enjoy just kind of reading through it. Sometimes I don't finish it all. I'll make it through like three quarters of it and then just kind of drop it for something else. But uh, I always end up finding kind of new character traits or new passages that uh, I didn't understand or fully get the context of on my first or second or third re- read through. Mm. Um, there's like a lot of uh, moments because characters are constantly lying to each other in that book. Uh, and so keeping track of all the lies and then when the truths are revealed, they're not really shown. Like it's not a showy, oh, that was a lie you read before. Instead, you have to like kind of make the connections mm. that this character yeah, yeah. was lying like 300 pages ago. Um, and kind of picking up on those has been really interesting. And it makes me realize like there's there's a bunch of stuff in there about like uh, like struggling paycheck to paycheck or having moments where you're you're like in these awkward social situations that I didn't understand when I was like in high school or like even a few years ago. But then now, like just as my life has gone on, gone on, I've like found myself in those kinds of situations, right. um, <laughs> that are really, really interesting. Um, but yeah, nothing as strong as like completely identifying with a completely yeah. different character, but that's, that's super oh, cool. I, I did think of, uh, this is a very specific example, but, uh, uh, the Incredibles of seeing that movie as a kid, not really understanding the uh, the, the insurer care bit at the beginning, where uh, B- uh, Bob, Mister Incredible, is, is working at an insurance company, mm-hmm. like ten years or whatever after 
being a superhero and him just mm. being miserable and depressed. Right. And some of the jokes they used didn't really land with me because I was a kid. And yeah, then yeah. rewatching that as an adult and being like, ah, this is hilarious. <laughs> I should rewatch that this since the great. new one came out. Yeah. Uh, that one was, eh. Oh, really? Yeah. I think it was good. Yeah. I, it was good, but it didn't do anything really besides good. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was all right. Right. Yeah. Didn't have all the main characters facing their death and like grabbing hands <laughs> it's, it's and an, like, it's accepting an, it's, their death. <laughs> it's an inoffensive Pixar film. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was enjoyable. It is always very cool to see, you know, because when did The Incredibles 1 come out? 2005? Sometime around then? Yeah, it was like 15 years ago. Yeah, seeing how much better a movie like this. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing I really liked about it was they... Pixar one's art style, you can kind of tell it was it was supposed to be set in the sixties, but it was kind of inconsistent. They didn't fully commit to a style. Mm. Whereas in the sequel it is they it's just like go, modern day, isn't it? Or like and, and, no, it's in the sixties. Oh it is? Or like maybe yeah, like late sixties I would say. Okay. Mm-hmm. It cool. seems to be where it's set and they go hard on oh, that that's style. Cool. That's and awesome. it's it's very cool. It works extremely mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Cool. I like uh, that style. It's it's great. Yeah. Also, also, you said it's an inoffensive Pixar film. Can you give me an example of an offensive Pixar film? <laughs> inoffensive in the sense that it really doesn't do anything. Yeah, it, it feels derivative and it doesn't really do anything new with the franchise. <laughs> I never saw like, it, but everyone hated the last dinosaur. Apparently, yeah, I didn't dinosaur. see it either. Right? No one's heard of it because apparently it was a bad Pixar film. Oh. <laughs> so it was probably offensive. It, probably, yeah. Toy Story three was pretty offensive. That's actually what I was referencing was Toy Story three, where they all hold hands. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Death. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and I was like, "That's that's where good Pixar died. Yeah. They haven't produced a good film after Toy Story 3. I saw a video of this guy showing Toy Story three to his family, mm-hmm. and he <laughs> edited it so that it just w- ends. It just ends that. when they go into the furnace. <laughs> And then it just goes do 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 You got a friend oh in me. Oh my god, that's fantastic! That's so good. Yeah, that's <laughs> a, that's a good that's a good video. Where like, I mean, the, the actual ending is just as devastating. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a little less because they don't die. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. toys don't get it. But I can feel my yeah. childhood dying as the camera panned back, and he said, "So long, partner." And I was like, "Fuck you, Pixar." <laughs> <laughs> This is offensive. This, this was calculated. How dare you make me cry in public? These, these are calculated tears you're making me shed. I never had really had a connection to Toy Story one or two, so I was like, yeah, just burn. It's them. like I, I like, I never cared. I never connected with the, the Incredibles, so I never really had okay. excitement about the new one coming out. Yeah, um, I think I think I'm gonna, sh- I'm gonna when it comes out, I'm gonna shit liberally on the live action Lion King. Cause I had is a, there a live action Lion King? There, right I mean, it, they call it live action, but oh, everything's but CG. CGI. Yeah. Um, so they're probably going to do the Popeye thing where they shoot the location and just put lines in it. Mm. <laughs> I bet those lines are going to look beautiful, though. I don't care. The, like, the, look the at orig- Life of Pi. It's going to be just Life of Pi. Look at that fur. Yeah. <laughs> but the animation on the 1995 or 4 or 6 or whatever Lion King was so good really, because yeah. the the thing is you have to be able to see their expressions you, like you can't make a real lion look as evil as scar does Maybe in that do, animation look at those main physics also speaking of animals i'm way behind the curve on this but i finally got around to watching the second planet earth uh, oh and like narrated by david attenborough mm-hmm. shit that thing is so good it's oh beautiful. my planet earth God. is so good 
holy shit i didn't think they could do so much with just audio cues of like putting music at certain parts yeah. it makes me so invested in an animal running away from some snakes it's so crazy it's like looney yeah. tunes but backwards yeah they, yeah, they yeah. don't make the cartoon <laughs> work to the music they yeah, make yeah. the music work to the, the god video. it's so good oh man and how like i know that they're just cutting shots from a bunch of different animals that are in similar locations to make it seem like there's a cohesive narrative yeah. but i'm like i don't care this yeah. is still amazing that they're making this cohesive narrative of like one animal living this little bit of its life or something it's great before Um, we uh well we're already pretty far away from it but before we get further from it i was going to mention that uh, i haven't read catch 22 but apparently that's a book that also has a lot of uh it's got a lot of characters and Mm -hmm. it's a lot of things are said uh out of order it's it's a non-linear story Mm -hmm. and a lot of things are said in the book that then come back later Mm -hmm. so that seems like another book you could read and and probably get discover new things oh yeah actually something in a a similar vein uh most of um kurt vonnegut's novels are similar like uh i've read uh slaughterhouse five and cat's cradle several times uh and i always kind of find new things that i like about certain characters and dislike about other characters uh, and the great thing about those books is that they're almost like eternally funny, which is like surprising. Like I'll read the same joke that I've read several times before <laughs> and it's still funny. And some of it's like this weird humor. Like there's, um, there's a thing in, in slaughterhouse five where the narrator, whenever something dies, uh, it says, so it goes. Um, and it's like the, the hallmark of the book. A lot of people have, so it goes like tattooed on their body. But uh, one of my favorite things is sometimes it'll be like, oh, and then it killed the mood. So it goes. Right. <laughs> or like a fly will get swatted and it'll just say, so it goes. That's good. And it'll just say it for any kind of death. Right. And so sometimes it's played as like these very somber moments, like a major character will die or something. And it just ends it with so it goes and it doesn't describe it any further. But then when it has these like weird abstract concepts dying, it's just like, so it goes. Same deal. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I haven't read enough to really to have uh, an, enough of that to pull from and to talk mm. about. Yeah, I like I don't know, like how I'm trying to think of how to describe something like that. It's mm. like really, it's really interesting humor that you can only really have in a yeah. book. It's I think kind, it's kind I, of unique. To it's a medium. big like style thing, I think. Yeah, and it's a reason why like I've been really interested in like auteurs for film, right? Like getting really into uh, David Lynch recently yeah. and previous David Fincher. Um, just kind of seeing the style of someone's like artistry through their books and Kurt Vonnegut's awesome to get into because his novels are all pretty short um, but they're all like really kind of narratively dense like their plots are usually pretty uh, labyrinthine or interesting uh, or at least novel Mm -hmm. Um, like I I picked up Slaughterhouse-Five and read it in a night uh, like while I was traveling um, and it was just phenomenal. It was like such a fun book to just like flip through and get to the end. And then you kind of sit there and you don't know if it really affected you or not. And then you kind of like, go, oh, I'm going to read through that again. <laughs> but uh, yeah, as like a weird hipster, like everyone recommends this author. But hey, I recommend reading Kurt Vonnegut's novels. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're funny. One of them, uh, Breakfast of Champions, starts with him sketching a picture of his own asshole. And that's... That's good. really good. Yeah, 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 that's a solid start. Yeah, uh, I I really like like that and like find my own butthole or yeah. find find the butthole. There's a the, theme there's, here. Yeah, really mm-hmm. really good. Uh, it's also the third time we've brought up butthole. I'm going to bring it up every single podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Three episodes in a row now. Yeah, yeah. Look, I just want people to play that game. Okay, I think it's a cultural landmark. 
Truly, this is a high water, high water mark moment. Oh man! Uh, Games have you played, Logan? Right. Uh, or movies? Wow, that was like a long. Logan okay, plays no, a game. Logan talks about a game. I had two games I was going to bring today. Uh, um, <laughs> bring. Yeah, I'm bringing my ideas, bringing conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, kind of need to burp. Nope, I didn't. Um, <laughs> so disappointed. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, the first one I'll talk about is a smaller one and it'll be quick. Uh, I, a game that recently came out, I think this last week is called a downhole, uh, made by a guy who made another game I liked called rimmed rimmed capsule. Uh, he's a Swedish game maker, uh, and rimmed capsule was a game where you're, it's an RTS. So you're building a society, but it's also, it's more like a sim city than it is a, like a company of heroes or something like that. Uh, and it's a game where you build a city out of Tetris blocks uh, and it's got like Swiss, it's basically inspired by Swiss graphic design. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like solid colors and geometric shapes. Right. Um, and it was really cool. It was on phones. And I remember playing it. This was at a, it came out a similar time when like uh, iPhone games were huge. Like we were talking about this last episode where like uh, Sword and Sorcery and uh, Year Walk and stuff like that, all these kind of artistic games were coming out. Um, and this came out at that time, but this was a very systems focused game with just a very clean art style. Uh, so he made a few other games after that. I don't remember them, but, uh, cause I wasn't keeping my finger to the pulse as it were, but downhole, uh, I think it's called, or hole down, hole down. That's it is a game that's basically upside down brick breaker. Um, where you just like hmm. shoot down to break bricks. Oh, yeah. But is this the one that Bennett Foddy has been tweeting about? Maybe. I think he uh, retweeted a couple things related to this. Does it? There's like the the little image of the the like character of the game is this like little white like fucking finger <laughs> yes. with a little happy face, and it, through the entire game, he's just sitting in the corner of the screen, just like. This, this is the same game. Yeah, and of, yes. the entire game is you like shoot these little white like capsules basically at these 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 blocks but you shoot like shit tons of them at once yeah it's like and then barrage. they bounce around everywhere and each block has a number on it and that's how many times it needs to get hit uh and then cer- certain ones are like bolted to the background so they'll hold up the blocks that are behind them uh so you have to break those ones and then all the other ones on top will break and fall um but it's like there's not much to say about it because it's just like this little little fun brick breaker game but holy shit is it engaging and when you get like a really a really nice combo where you get like 600 of them bouncing around and it's just kind of entertaining as hell uh and it's got all these like little design tweaks like your uh little dudes will speed up the longer they stay down there so the higher your quote-unquote combo is the more like frenetic it starts looking um and holy shit the sound design in this game is phenomenal it's unlike any other games soundscape i can think of uh it's just like a bunch of like blips and bloops but not like an 8-bit bloops and bloops it's like if someone took 8-bit music and sound effects Mm -hmm. and made them with like modern equipment Mm -hmm. uh and like Mm -hmm. didn't use like sine waves or square waves or whatever and instead just tried to go like what would this sound like if i made it with just fucking garage band (laughs) and tried to mimic those sounds um and it's just this crazy abstract soundscape where you you're burrowing into planets but that's pretty much the only story in the game mm. so yeah i recommend a uh, hold down it's also a game where you just buy it and you get the whole game there's no microtransactions yes. it's cool um and he's a cool developer and so support the dude i think it's like five bucks um mm. looks like a good game i i've yeah i've seen a bit of gameplay of it and yeah it looked, uh, it looked really just fun 
yeah it's just it's a it's it's really fun to be able to play just like a few minutes of and it's like the quintessential like phone game i think it, it really nailed oh it. yeah for sure yeah. the dumb little cute guy yeah god yeah. i love that guy's yeah. face oh he's man he's, he's got just, a good face yeah good and he's like the icon of the game as well so he's just like <laughs> sitting on my phone screen just like yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and the second game is a game that just came out today. Real quick, from this point on, if you're watching this on YouTube, that little dumb guy will be in the corner of the video. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you can find a gif of him just going back and forth. <laughs> I'll see what um, I can do. If if he's there, then you'll know I succeeded. Hell yeah. Well, buy the um, game, screen record, and then make a gif. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could um, probably pull that off. It's a lot of effort, though. But then i just leave him there. Fair. Every single video from now on, we're just like a permanent hold down <laughs> just, just advertisements. Just this one. Uh, By episode 80, we're going to have a collage of things on it. <laughs> it's only downhill. Yeah. Oh, oh call, there was a, there's, this is not related to anything, but there was a video series by Anthony Fantano called The Meme Review. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That did exactly that, <laughs> where every video would end with this like collage of bullshit that would, he would add one thing onto the end of every single video, <laughs> and it got insanely long by the end and then it got shut down because of that whole thing that yeah happened with I, I never really got into the meme review oh before, i love the meme before review. that whole shutdown that happened. was so stupid it was the dumbest series of videos that i loved um anyways onto the second game i'm bringing second game i'm bringing i have not played uh mm. it is a game called la mulana 2 are you qualified uh, to speak about it then? no uh <laughs> Whoa. i'm not qualified to speak about anything breaking conduct here. uh so la mulana 2 uh is a game that came out today as i found out yesterday uh i've been waiting for this game for about three and a half years uh wait, wait what's well, it called again la mulana 2 um so it's a sequel to la mulana uh la mulana is the game i'm actually going to talk about uh and okay. the only reason i'm going to is because this sequel suddenly being released after being in development for four and a half years <laughs> la mulana la mulana la mulana yeah m-u-l-a-n-a okay. and then a, and then the numeral two okay yeah the like the uh, roman numeral no oh like the greco european or whatever you would call it for some well, i don't know anything about i think language. it's like arabic partly that's it arabic yeah. roman arabic Rome, something something anyways la mulana uh, la mulana Lama 2 is the sequel to a very very good game and a very very hard game that came out about five years ago um it was a kind of independent game that was if you look at it it kind of like if you look at screenshots it looks like a low quality version of splunky um mm. it looks like it's got like iffy 16-bit graphics that have a wildly clashing aesthetics like the main character looks like this little like cartoonish character but all the bosses look hyper detailed um and uh that's a problem i had with axiom virgin (laughs) (laughs) so this one it's like that's part of the charm so the game is a game about you're like you're basically an indiana jones type Mm -hmm. right um and the game is very japanese um And so you you come to the ruins of Lamulana to uh, find some some like great treasure there. I forget the exact thing of it. Uh, and there's a little camp outside, and then the entire game is basically just going through this this ruin. It's a 2D side scroller, uh, and uh, you just solve puzzles and you defeat bosses, and then you end up finding the treasure at the end. Um, I have never beaten La Mulana because it's incredibly hard. And I don't mean hard just in the dex- the dexterity bit of it. Like, actually playing the game is really difficult because it's a game with a fixed jump arc. So when you click jump, oh. you just go in a predetermined arc with no air control. Um, and so a lot of the game 
And it, so you have this fixed jump arc. Your attack, you have to stand still to do, right? It's got a, like, active item slot, like the original Castlevanias, right? But you have to, like, manually switch between those. And sometimes you need to manually switch between them on the fly in a fight. And then, like, jump on these ridiculously difficult platforming sections where you have to, like, adjust yourself pixel perfect to get to places uh, while switching between them and hitting a boss. Um so that's one hard part (laughs) and then the other hard part is the puzzles so if you don't use a walkthrough which i didn't use ever for my entire playthrough which is why i didn't finish it um the puzzles are so hard and so abstract and require you to basically have a working knowledge of the entire game world at all times there will be like hints to certain puzzles that are like literally an hour's distance away like just walking are you sure this game right? isn't just castlevania 2 it's very similar to castlevania 2 uh but at least this one you don't have to crash beside a wall and use an item several times for a t- tornado to pull you away or whatever these ones are like the puzzles make sense once you find them it's just actually figure they have like these long poems you'll have to read and then kind of like parse out how this these lines of the poem relate to a like sun temple that was on the northern side of this uh, like uh world and then you mm-hmm. have to understand that oh there was like a certain block that's way down in an, in like the underworld that is also underneath a sun pillar that when you push it onto there it activates a thing elsewhere um but uh it was super engaging it was one of the first t- or one of the few times that i felt truly like perplexed by a game right where i i kind of walked in this world and as you kind of complete some of the puzzles it has that metroid like feeling but instead of unlocking new abilities you just suddenly realize what certain things in the world meant that's cool and you can go back and suddenly do things that you like could have done the whole time but are Mm. now like you've gained the knowledge to understand them Um, i have not played a lot of games that are like that but i wish more games tried doing that yeah it's like, super cool yeah. yeah um like yeah unlocking parts of the world not through like explicitly gaining abilities but through mm-hmm. player knowledge exactly is a really yeah. interesting idea yeah and this game does it like in spades it does it so well um and it also has some cool little like that's the thing that really grabbed me was those little bits um mm-hmm. and kind of a, a general understanding of the world that after a certain point there's like certain rooms that were incredibly difficult when you first go through them. And then now that you know how to traverse them, you just kind of like breeze through and you can't imagine why they were ever difficult. Um, but uh, there's that. And then the cool thing that a lot of people sell it on, which was like less impressive to me, but it was, it's still a cool thing uh, is some of the boss fights completely change how the game works. Uh, there's like a boss. Each of the bosses has to do with like an element within the world. And they're like a God associated with that element. And most of the enemies in the game are these like little cartoony dudes. And then the bosses come in and they're just these super high res pixel art things that take up like sometimes some of them don't even fit on one screen. They're so huge. And they usually like break the temple around you to do something crazy. Uh, Two of the ones that I really enjoyed were uh, the water one where the background breaks away. The entire game is usually completely 2D. It breaks away and it becomes 3D and you're on a river and the boss is like jumping through the river as you're on a boat on the 2D plane, like moving it back and forth to avoid the boss's attacks. It's fucking sick. Uh, and it's hard as shit. <laughs> and then the other one is the walls break away. You fall down onto a mine cart and suddenly the game becomes like a 2D, like Donkey Kong Country platformer. Kong yeah, Country. yeah, yeah. And it's like that. But then you get a gun and, 
<laughs> and you just start like oh, it becomes yeah. like a Donkey Kong Country mixed with like a bullet hell shooter uh, out Shoot of that like, god. and it's only for this little portion of the game just this boss and then it ends and then you never do anything like that again <laughs> that's fantastic yeah and so that's that's some pretty cool stuff that if you don't read up on anything in the game before then come as these massive surprises uh which builds on to that kind of knowledge How old building is this game again? Uh, about five years now uh and now the second one's coming out which means uh i played the first one when there was online walk walkthroughs available i played it like a year oh, or so after now it came there out. Will not yeah this be. is like everyone is just blind <laughs> and the first game i think it took like a week for people to even beat it just because no one could figure out the puzzles and they had yeah. to like crowdsource themselves where everyone was like, I did this in this area. Kind of like when Fez first That's came a, out. Or I was going to say PT. Yeah. Yeah. Or PT. Yeah. yeah. Very similar to that. Uh, and so that's exciting. And I'm, I'm probably going to try and play some of it tonight, but, uh, yeah, I, I it, and they had a Kickstarter a long time ago, like I think it was four and a half years ago <laughs> for the second game. And they're like, we're going to release it in a year. And it's been four and a half years. And they just stopped releasing information about the game. Mm. And then I just got an email just from them. I didn't back the Kickstarter, but I follow it on Steam. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, your game's releasing tomorrow. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I look and they're just like this post. And it's like, yeah, we're going to release the game. It's still got a lot of bugs. And some of the game isn't like really finished with quotes around it. And I was like, and they're like, but we're going to release it anyways, because this is how the original La Mulana was released. Okay. Apparently, it okay. was also released kind of not finished. And then they patched it as people yeah. made their way through the game and found game breaking bugs. Uh, okay. So I can't wait to be a part of that. Uh, yeah. Um, if I'm okay. Okay, so if I'm because I'm interested in in trying this mm -hmm. potentially, is it worth going back and playing the first one, or do you think I it can... looks like the second one improves on nothing from the first one? So oh. the first one, like it has the exact same mechanics, the art styles, literally the same. Uh, I would say just play through the first one and do it without a walkthrough. Uh, like never look up anything. Yeah, until, and if you ever get fully stuck, maybe just stop playing. Okay, right? Like because I I ended up looking up one thing. I was about, I'd say, halfway through the game, and then I couldn't figure it out, so I looked up a thing, and then, like, all my motivation to play the game stopped. Like, I was just like, oh, I couldn't figure out that one thing, and now all of this feels wrong. <laughs> like, if you... if you, Because I felt like I had committed so much time to figuring out the puzzles before then, and then... It sucks because there's like there's a big turn that kind of happens halfway through the game, and it was basically the puzzle that activated that turn that I had to look up. Uh, and then after that, it was like all the puzzles kind of related to the solution of that puzzle. And then I felt like I hadn't earned that, and I was just mm. like, "Fuck!" So, <laughs> so I like Googled a video of the end of the game, and I was like, "Okay." And the, <laughs> the last boss, I was like, "There's no way I'm ever, even if I had made it there on my own, I never would have beaten that boss." It was like this 16 phase fucking crazy oh, boss oh. fight that had like every other boss in the game come back. And then after you beat it, you have to do this incredibly difficult escape from the temple. Oh. And if you die there, you have to replay the whole boss fight. Fuck. And I was like, no way. Just no way. <laughs> that bitter flavor we were talking about. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Yeah. Oh, and it also had some cool sequence break stuff in it. Okay. I accidentally broke the sequence of the game a bunch of times. See, I kind of... I kind of want to just jump into the sequel at the same time you're playing it, and then this just becomes Hell yeah, I'm the Lana Lana podcast yeah, for yeah. like a week or two. Oh, absolutely. I would love that, actually. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be playing. I'm definitely... It's like 30 bucks though, which is higher than I thought it was going to come out for. Mm. Um, but I'm still going to buy it because fuck, I've been waiting so long for this I game. Could, I could make it a channel expense if I was going to make a video on it, but <laughs> it's probably... I don't know. It might be a good streaming game, but honestly, if people told you, I don't know if anyone, any of your streamers would know the answers to any of the puzzles, though. That's the thing. Is, and I've, yeah, they, they probably wouldn't, so it'd be fine. But yeah. I've also kind of taken a break from streaming. Fair, yeah. Well, also, it's got a pretty jamming soundtrack. <laughs> it's not like beautiful or anything, but it's like jam. It's got like, like we'll good see. old NES jamming tunes, mm. kind of like a, um, 
it's that frog game fucking Battletoads. Mm. Uh, Battletoads has like a jam and pause menu song. Yeah. This one's like a lot of the songs are just like fucking yeah, fucking yeah, yeah just fucking like, yeah, fucking yeah, just like real strong rhythm sections, and it's all like 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 sixteen bit era yeah, music. Yeah. It's great. There's a couple songs off in my uh, Environmental Station Alpha that are like that. I listened. Oh, yeah. I was like, this is a fucking jam. Bomb, 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 bomb. Oh yeah, and you also play as the first game's daughter. And so already the forum's filled with people saying, why can't I play as a guy? And uh, and mm. uh, gamers want to, once again, show themselves as wonderful human beings. Gamers yes. rise up. Gamers we want the guy. <laughs> yeah. This is about ethics. <laughs> this is about ethics in games journalism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds super interesting. I might have to pick that up. <laughs> it's so inconsequential whether your character right. is a guy or a girl in that game. <laughs> It doesn't. It, the, the sprite is almost indistinguishable. Yeah, I was going to say, well. there's probably like a little ponytail crazy. or something. Yeah, yeah. It's like she just has a bit of blonde hair, but everything else she's wearing is the same. Yeah. It's so funny. Fuck. That's so oh, stupid. No. That's very good. That's very, very good. <laughs> playing Yumi Niki and I can't play as a guy. I can't play as I want to play as the abuser. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I got a dick. Why don't he got a dick? <laughs> <laughs> video games oh video games alright speaking of video games mm. and possible ways that you could control said video <laughs> games so Sandy <laughs> I shared a message with you guys of a tweet from this uh, Twitter account called Cheap As Gamer I think it's a good account to follow to like follow sales on stuff mm-hmm. but they tweeted that you could get a fidget spinner <laughs> that controls games on your I, I'm thinking mobile phone mm. um I mean I don't know <laughs> the the page for this on on so this this links to a Best Buy page yeah it does and it, you you could oh, purchase it was only three dollars fuck yeah but uh apparently it um well I'll check yeah, you, the link now yeah we'll, we'll take a look I'm excited but, but last I checked the uh link yeah you can't yeah, it's um, like, you, can't, oh. you can't get it anywhere oh. yeah. anymore I guess kind of a bummer. At that low price, it was yeah. With three last. bucks, I totally should have bought that when you first posted. Yeah. This. So I'll just Fuck. okay. So first of all, if you're uh, so for those of you who are listening with audio only, I will I will link this in the show notes. You can can I read the name out. of the, the yes. name of the thing? So what you're looking at today is the fidgetly control app enabled 360 degree motion game controller for 299 via Best Buy. Attached is a beautiful shining black and blue fidget spinner that is obviously bluetooth enabled for gaming pleasure. I think I got that remaining 20% of it. <laughs> um, you can play video games with this. You can yeah, you can play video games yeah. with a fidget spinner. Yeah, you you can. It's never been a better time. It's never to been be a better time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so first of all, so you sent this to yeah. us. Mm. You said find a way to incorporate this into yeah, well, like as a design all, challenge. Yeah, yeah, you said, hey, you guys make games, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> make some games with this. Uh, I I just went, uh, hey, y'all make games, right? Please make please make something with this. Thanks. <laughs> so I thought it was only natural that yeah, the three of us would then discuss ways that we could incorporate mm-hmm. this. We we talked about a couple already in the mm. chat. Well, mm. actually, okay. So sorry, sorry to interrupt, but yeah, real yeah. quick before we get into it, I have two notes uh, on. Yeah, I guess you guys don't have the Google Doc open on the fidget spinner. So I have two questions. <laughs> 
<laughs> one of which I don't are, understand the first question. How many inputs? Yeah. So with no question mark, by the way. Yeah. Uh, both Matt questions. hates punctuation. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so it just it's gets a bulleted away. list, though. Yeah. Yeah. That okay. has to count for something. It doesn't. So the fr- yeah. So the first. So the, so the first question I have is how many inputs, and what I mean by that is so. It's a 360 degree controller. Every degree. So you 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 can spin. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like 360 degrees of input. Every degree is an input. So it, yeah. it's basically like those things, those rotations that have a clickiness to it. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. But like, imagine every degree. It doesn't actually click, but in in the in the ball bearings, it detects a degree of motion. Right. right? Yeah. Like that is that is yeah. a state. Yeah. That the controller can be in. Yeah. And then it will also recognize what direction it's spinning in. By I'm guessing like seeing that oh the last input was here the next input was like a positive or negative degree so we're going clockwise or counterclockwise right Right. but then i thought how do you select things like if let's say if i mean in theory if this game if everything in this game menus if everything has to be controlled Mm -hmm. by this Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how do you actually select things is there any alternate well the, the the only solution is that the game's designed specifically for this controller have to have radial menus absolutely so and i'm assuming wait does this i'm gonna assume it didn't say this on the description from the twitter let's look at the picture again yeah i think this thing might have motion control in it or like very Mm -hmm. very basic gyroscopic control like you can understand when it's shaking Mm -hmm. right so i think you would shake it to select something so you'd, you'd spin to to like move the cursor on the menu Right, and right. then shake it to select. No, okay. I, think, right. I think... Or you click the center button. Oh, The center button, also the outside buttons. Yeah. The prongs could be... Yeah, buttons. Might be buttons. Yeah, 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 because we ran into a fidget spinner. We happened upon a fidget spinner on Saturday. <laughs> right. And Matt yeah. tried Just clicking it to the... see if it lights up, and I'm like, yeah, why do you know the interaction <laughs> yeah, of a light you of can, fidget you spinner? Can get, yeah, you can get fidget spinners that have, like, each, each oh, that's cool. tendril I like that. Uh, is something you can click, and it lights up. <laughs> I'd say for, I'd say for simplicity, I think probably only the center button clicks no okay. I, I i think it's safe to say that all of them click the center and see the, the reason channels. why i argue against that is that the core the core interaction and core fun that comes from a fidget spinner is to spin it right mm-hmm. and in order to click one of the tendrils you, you have, have to, stop, to stop that fundamental fun action to <laughs> input on the device you know right? what which is bullshit i think <laughs> i want to spin my fidget spinner and input at the same time so gamers you know, rise up yeah. okay <laughs> I, I'm sure this fidget spinner, this specific one, doesn't do this. But what if we had a fidget spinner mm. where, you know how there's like ball bearings around this one, yeah. right? That make it spin. Yes. What if that thing was repeated everywhere? Oh, so you could spin from, spin any-, oh. from any tendril. I don't think the the um, the like motion would work the same way if you're spinning it from elsewhere, I, right? Yeah, th- that's why I don't think there's motion in it. I think it's just the three buttons and spinning. I think it's the one button and spinning. And motion. No, I, I'm going to cut the motion. Yeah. I think that's we'll just because the button. Yeah, we'll the, never know. The link's the down. So the yeah. button makes this a lot less fun to design for in that, oh, like you spin and then if you have an action, it's on the button. Right? Yeah. And that sucks, right? So when we first pitched this, I suggested that the only input is spinning. Uh, and how you aim is the direction of one of the prongs, and how you shoot is you spin it as fast as you can. <laughs> and the game is just about shooting in all directions at all times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for like, it would be easier to design for if you had the button, but maybe for the sake of this discussion, we'll say mm-hmm. 
let's make this more interesting by mm. saying you can only spin. I had okay. a new idea as we like just as you were bringing the laptop around that I think yeah. this this controller is perfect for a first person owl game. Um, where you play as an owl and this is the direction you're looking. That's and, good. Uh, and it would just be kind of a, uh, almost like the, the weeping angels from Doctor Who. Yeah. Right. Where like you can't, if they're, if you're not looking at them, they move towards you. Mm-hmm. Right. But you're an owl and there's a bunch of like weeping angels trying to get at you and you, you use the fidget spinner to just make sure you're predatory. Birds yeah. Or and then you have to do this thing where you're like, oh, do you just spin it really fast and hope that just being able to see them every once in a while will keep them at bay? Mm-hmm. Or do you like very carefully kind of spin around yeah. at certain points? Right. Um, so yeah, I think. Owl, Owl Simulator in the Doctor Who universe 2018 uh, is a very good game for this. We need this. to get our hands on at least one of these. Didn't we talk about like potentially doing our own kind of game jam? Uh, I talked about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's like slowly falling apart as my schedule piles up. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, if yeah. we ever do do that, we should have mm-hmm. one of these. Definitely. And, and there, if we ever make a game with this, we can submit it to Indiecade, or not Indiecade, uh, the International Game, uh, Indie Independent Games Festival, because they have a, uh, a, um, they have a special award just for control alt, um, or no, alt control. That's what it's called. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. alternative controllers. Uh, and if you just have a game that has an alternative controller, and if we use this, yeah, there, <laughs> that there, counts. There, yeah, there are game awards that exist for, yeah, innovation in, in yeah. control. I think design. last year the winner was a guy who the entire game was a box of sand, uh, and it had a like connect camera that projected down onto it, and then it also had a projector. Oh. It had a projector that then projected the screen onto the sand, and you would dig canals, yeah. and then you'd oh, like, I've make... Seen. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was basically I, I like um, it was really from cool. dust. I think it was called. Uh, yeah, yeah, which was yeah, that yeah. like God game a long god, time yeah, ago? God game. Uh, but instead, like in real life, it's a really fucking sand. cool yeah idea. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, um, we could be that, but with fidget spinners. Yeah, and a we lot could. Less my my second artistic. question, <laughs> my second question, which is really a, a joke more than anything, is how do I beat Dark Souls with this? The spinning is just you rolling. Absolutely, so you read you roll, my fucking mind. You roll everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, wait, what is there any item in the game that lets you do damage while rolling? Um, is there? Yes, you can wear. I don't know if it's only Dark Souls three. Or if it's in the previous games, but there is an armor of thorns. Yeah, you can yeah wear. I think that's only in Dark Souls three, which yeah. makes me sad. And then you you so roll yeah. into enemies and and people to do yeah. damage to them. But how would you determine where to turn? I guess like you slowly spinning is turning, and then spinning it really fast activates roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess, and then for a moment it would just not take turning input as you. Well, you'd have fast. to stop it. Like once you stop it. Then you go through, and it, like, would, it would take like the acceleration of the rotation into account. Or you toggle yeah. between rolling and turning. Oh, with the click. With the click. Holy shit, that's such a good idea. Yeah, I'm an interaction designer. <laughs> yeah, no, good job. <laughs> would it be like a hold? No, no, no you no, click you and toggle. then, yeah, yeah, it's okay, toggled. Yeah, and then yeah. those little, say we're be... going to say it lights up as well, and there's different colors <laughs> okay. for when you're in roll mode or when you're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to yeah. say holding Walker. might be quicker. And there could be a pro mode. Yeah, okay. Pro mode where it changes it. We'll make it an option. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But I'd say toggle is most like user-friendly. Yeah. Right. Fair enough. Yeah. But uh, but also Dark Souls is... Can be, well, at least Dark Souls <laughs> I 3. I think Dark Souls, the point of Dark Souls is to be not user-friendly. I would argue Dark Souls 3 moved away from that, and it became very user-friendly. Mm-hmm. It is very user-friendly. Yeah. I was, I was going to say it's, it's a faster game than the previous entries in the series, excluding Bloodborne. Yeah, definitely. And in some ways, I almost feel like Bloodborne would be better for this, for the frantic rolling. I, I feel like 
I feel like no, only because you have to farm for blood vials in Bloodborne, mm. and fuck that. If I had a fidget spinner, <laughs> like I could do it. If like if I always had the same amount of Estus flasks, I could do the same thing over and over. But no, oh, I fucked up enough. Now I have to go kill things and get blood vials for yeah. a while with this shitty controller. Like no, thank you. Yeah, that's that's yeah. true. Thinking about the user experience. Granted, now I'm thinking about it. There's no way you could eat the blood vials, so there's no healing in this run. There's only no, rolling. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> your it's, life is yeah. rolling. Never mind. Yeah, you could do this in Bloodborne. Yeah, I'm sure someone on YouTube has already done this. <laughs> yeah, probably. We've we've only figured out some guy the, won the it rolling the... and being able to do damage. Uh, like you can't interact with bonfires. You can't fast travel. You can't pick up items. <laughs> yeah. You can't use soapstone. Yeah, wow. Holy, I mean, I doubt you could actually beat the game. Uh, literally. I guess, oh, no, we, you know what? You I could, guess the clicker. Maybe clicking is also a macro for the, like, talk to someone, like the A button. I guess, whatever. except yeah. that then you would probably end up in frustrating situations you, where you're trying to roll and you just interact with click. something. Yeah, I yeah, was yeah. going to say, like, oh. the Apple EarPods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Different, <laughs> different clicks or different interactions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do I beat Dark Souls with a pair of Apple EarPods? <laughs> mm, you don't. Yeah. Let's be real. <laughs> Granted, someone brought, beat Dark Souls with the the bongo drums from that DK bongo drum. Yeah, game. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Has anybody beaten Dark Souls with with Hey Siri like voice commands? <laughs> hey I'm Siri! Sure. Oh wait, no, they have. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. have. There's a I guy who beat so. it with like yeah. text to speech or speech to text things where he was like roll, turn left, turn yeah, left, yeah, attack, yeah, yeah, yeah. attack. I this. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. I saw only a clip of it, and it's him being an Ornstein and small. Wow. Smow. 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 I always say smow. Smow. <laughs> Ornstein and Smewe. 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 We you Stewie Griffin all of a sudden. What? <laughs> Get away from me, fat man. <laughs> all right, that was some some fruitful discussion of yeah. this fidget spinner. Oh shit! Did we get listener submissions this week? Sorry, skipping ahead. Oh, yeah. we got a single. We got a single. That's one. exciting. Yeah. We got one. We got we got one. We have, do you want to skip to it? No, I'm I'm fine. Oh, oh wait, yeah, we have to have uh, the next uh, regular. Oh yeah. On have show. you guys ever been like uh, haunted by a demon? Sandy asks a question. No, no, no. Oh right, the theme, the theme song, song yeah. right? And then it ends with yeet. <laughs> that yeet. Yeah. That one. Yeah, it's, it's that one this week. Yeah, that's the one. We got it. Pack it in, boys. Um, work here is done. Okay. Your editing on the last one was actually phenomenal, by the way. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> also, the slowed down yeet whenever I said my last name. I forgot yeah. about it when it was, I was like, what the fuck was that noise? And then we talk about it yeah, later. Yeah. I was like, right. <laughs> I, I, I figured people would oh, yeah, hear it and be like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excuse yeet. me? <laughs> Whose yeet was that? It is yours. It is oh, it's mine. Yeah. Okay. Slowed down, as I requested. Really, artisanal audio work by, by, by Matt. By Matthew. <laughs> yeet. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Okay. <laughs> have you ever have you ever been haunted by a demon? Um, not not that I. Uh, okay, so when I when I hear haunted by a demon, the first thing that comes to mind is sleep paralysis. To which I could say Ooh. I don't think so. There is maybe I had one instance of it. I think I've maybe had one, but I don't know if it was sleep paralysis or if it was something else. I, well, let's hear it and we'll, we'll decide. I woke up uh, on my side, so imagine I'm laying on my bed and I'm facing where my computer is over right, here. Yeah. Just a wall of mirrors, a wall of black mirrors. <laughs> Ooh. Bleeding black <laughs> yeah, mirrors. Yeah, that's, that's bad for, 
for hallucinations. Yeah. Um, this doesn't play well on audio, but basically my, my bed is against one wall in my bedroom and mm-hmm. I was laying on my side such that I was facing the opposite mm-hmm. wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a big sign that says Matt's loving zone on the wall, by the way. <laughs> I like the cam girl lights too. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I can't plug them in that right one's now. That not because, a joke. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, there are Christmas lights hanging off my, yeah, yeah, yeah. my vinyl shelf. Um, I can't plug them in right now because the the outlets are all used. By is, the, is, it's used by the AC. By the AC yeah, yeah, it sucks. Anyway, that's because you subscribe. Well, when it's Christmas, you don't. <laughs> when it's Christmas, you don't need an AC. I so guess it's, yeah, it's, that's it's, a good trade off. That's how you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's how it's regulated. Mm. Okay. Anyway, let's hear about this demon. Okay, so I woke up on my side <laughs> and I was facing the opposite uh, the opposite wall, and yeah, it was just this weird thing where I woke up once and it was it was almost like a false awakening. Uh, except that I went from the false awakening straight into being actually awake this time. Mm-hmm. I woke up and yeah, I just for some reason uh, I I don't know if it was I couldn't move or if I just chose not to. I was just kind of laying there like I just woke up and then I had a hallucination of somebody just walking into my room uh, and then passing by like right next to me. I didn't know who it was. It was just this tall shadowy figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just like that, I snapped out of it and woke up for real. Mm. It was really bizarre, but the transition from false awakening to real awake felt seamless. Like I was just all of a sudden I had all my faculties and right. you know, that kind of like fuzziness that yeah. you associate with a dream where it's, it's very obviously not real. Like mm-hmm. it's, it doesn't have the same fidelity mm. that went away and, and suddenly it, it had the fidelity that real life right. has. It was very bizarre. I don't know if that was sleep paralysis or not. Mm. Uh, anyway, that's maybe the one time I've possibly been haunted by a demon. Okay. Yeah. I, I had a similar experience with my like sleep paralysis. Maybe I definitely didn't have like as an intense experience as I've heard some people, um, have, but I had one where I was laying, uh, like on my back and my head was kind of like propped up by the mm-hmm. pillow. And I was kind of, looking at the foot of my bed uh and there's like in my in my bedroom there's like a bit of light that comes in through the window so everything was just like lightly illuminated uh and in the kind of the terrifying bit of the experience was like a bunch of like shadow like spiders started crawling onto the bed Mm. and like crawling up towards me and at this point i was like conscious enough that i was like trying to yell like i was like and it actually came out like that where i could like i couldn't move my lips because I was like still asleep, but I was trying to scream. And I was like, Aah! Aah! I have a and mouth then, and I cannot. Scream. And then my girlfriend, who was sleeping beside me, like takes her arm and hits me and says, "Like, <laughs> shut up!" <laughs> and I like wake up from that. Right? And I go like, "Oh!" And I was, she's Thank like, you. "What?" And I was like, "I was having a nightmare." And she was like, "Oh, I'm sorry." <laughs> She thought I was just, like, making a joke or something. <laughs> right? But, like, I was, like, having this terrifying yeah. nightmare. And she was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> it wasn't spiders. It was symbiote. You were going to turn into venom, dude. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, so that's, that's the demon. Yeah. So I'm haunted by that demon and also the demon of my shameful memories of my past. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's that's the demon on everyone's back. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Wait, how old were you, Matt, when this happened? Like, how it was long ago? recent. Like, it was probably a year ago. Okay. And yours? Mine was, like, six months to a year ago or something. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. This was yeah, recent. So I recently, I don't know, I've always had this in the front of my mind for some reason. <laughs> or, like, I've known about this and I've remembered it clearly. Mm-hmm. But I recently thought about this time when I was, like, six or something. 
and my I was sleeping. Uh, my mom was out of town, so I, uh, my dad was sleeping beside me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I was looking up at a ceiling fan, and the ceiling fan was kind of hanging low enough where uh, something could like sit on it. Okay. Okay. Like um, the like the distance between the fan the, and, and the ceiling. The, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it was hanging low enough. Right. So like something could sit on it, and someone did sit on it like and this was a recurring thing um but like i clearly remember the episode when it last happened uh this man was sitting there like i could see him clearly Mm -hmm. um man i will describe what he looked like later but this man was sitting there and uh like he was trying to like talk to me and i was talking to him as well Mm. and i don't it wasn't like uh he was he wasn't saying creepy things it's it seemed like a very normal conversation. Was he like spinning on the ceiling? Fan? No, no, no. The, no, the fan was off. It oh, was okay. winter time, I think. Oh, okay. The fan was off. It was just like I remember I now that you bring that up, I remember having the same demon haunt me a time before the one I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And I turned on the fan and he disappeared. Wow, like weak I, fucking demon. I don't <laughs> No, but here's the thing. I got up to turn on turn off on the fan. Yeah. And I could still see it, and then I turned on the fan, yeah, and then it went away. Right, limp dick demon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> what's here? My one weakness: minor guts, gusts of wind. Yeah, I'm spoiled again. <laughs> to him, it's an earthquake because he lives Fair. there. Yeah, yeah, that is. I called him Fan Man. <laughs> I mean, you were six. You yeah, I was six. With a better name. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I was into Batman. Batman, fan man. Yeah, yeah. Nemesis is Fan Man. Yeah. <laughs> Um, have you seen some of the Spider-Man villains, dude? There's one that's just called Big Wheel. Yeah, yeah I, I know about Big Wheel. <laughs> oh, who was it? There's, there's. I recently found someone who rewrote a bunch of fucking Spider-Man comic strips, and like one of them is like, there's this guy with a big ass fucking gun, and they just start calling him Gun Man, <laughs> and it's like Spider-Man's chasing Gun Man, and he's Hell like, yeah. get back here, Gun Man, and he's like. No way. And then he goes, damn it, a brick wall, my one weakness. And he goes, wait, I can use my gun. And he just blows up the wall. It's ridiculous. Oh, Anyways, back I, to okay. Fan I Man. he's going to point the gun yeah. straight at the ground <laughs> no. and then go up. Like like the soldier. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, this guy, this, this Fan Man, one time, yeah, my mom was out of town. For some reason, she went out of town very rarely. Mm. Um, and so he... I was looking at him, like, paying attention to him, make sure he doesn't pull any funny business. Right. Um, and he jumped. So, I was I was looking up. I was laying back on my back. I was looking up at him. And then he jumped to my left. But what I saw was him wearing, like, a business suit, holding a briefcase. Oh, shit. Mm. <laughs> um, demon. And, like, and, like, fading away into it, more to the left of me. And I he faded away, fading into my dad. No, and no, then, no, like no. suddenly, I realized Fan Man was my dad, <laughs> and I've been living with you. Fan spoil Man. the story because <laughs> oh, wait, really? I turned to wake up my dad, and it was Fan Man. Oh my god! And he said, and wake I realized. Up well, free, man. he did. He what? You know what he said when I wake him? Woke him up? Mm-hmm. He said, "Is this what your dad looks like?" Oh God! Oh, fuck! That's oh, terrifying. God. Jesus Christ! And I woke up and then i went outside and my dad was like in the living room doing something right it was like in the, in the middle of the night I, yeah. I think my my some of my uncles were visiting oh god uh, from they came over from like a late train or something mm-hmm. so 
he got up to receive them. But like, okay, now I'll describe what he looked like. Okay. His face. He imagine Inspector Gadget. Wait, the <laughs> Wait, live the action cartoon? or the cartoon? No, no, the cartoon. Okay. But um, the face... That that's nose. even creepier, The actually. face is less... The face is more plantain-like. Um, okay. In, in shape. Right. And the eyes are, like, big and red. I hate this. And the pupils are almost as big as the eye. You can barely see any oh, red because God, they're all black. I, I hate this. <laughs> and he's he's wearing, like, uh, nightwear. Like, matching striped nightwear. Okay. So, pajamas and yeah, a shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does. I, I don't. Did he have a nightcap? I think he might have. Jesus. So this guy haunted me when I was a kid, and that's my haunting. That's fucking terrifying. Yeah, that's terrible. Jesus I hate Christ. that. I hate that. Although I've had I've had similar experiences, but they were never like personified. Like yeah. as a kid, I had a reoccurring nightmare of like a portal that existed on the wall beside my bed Mm -hmm. and i would it actually made it so i think for like three years of my childhood i would not sleep facing the wall right Uh, it was like this weird thing because i had this like nightmare that happened one night and then i like was like i'm never facing the wall again and then the next time i faced the wall which was like a few months later it like happened again Mm -hmm. where it's just like terrifying it didn't even like say it didn't do anything it was just i would wake up in the dream mm-hmm. and i would just stare into this terrifying vortex in my wall and i was like damn it i did that thing where i slept facing the wall better not do that for two and a half years mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a hole here it's yeah gone now. yeah and was... now you'll notice my bed is not against any wall if you go to my room <laughs> the thing is i never even watched any inspector gadget at that age okay, i don't know how he just... popped in to my head <laughs> I guess it just ha- he happened to look like him. Yeah, maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. Just back And then I, I, yeah. I watched Inspector Gadget and also The Critic. He looked like a cross yeah, between yeah, the yeah. two. They look like similar characters. Yeah, they yeah. look similar. Yeah. Well, thanks for spoiling my story, though, Logan. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I was just saying because I was, I was, ex- I was excited, dude. but I'm sorry I spoiled your story. I didn't realize that was the end. That was my question. You guys got any questions? All right, we all do questions. Oh, don't no. Shit. I you don't have to. The supplementary questions if you supplementary happen to have questions. Them. Um, I just happened to remember my question this week. This was a good question. And didn't have to do with death. It was still terrifying, but it wasn't yeah. death-related. So yeah. great job uh, digging ourselves out of that hole. I, I did have a recurring nightmare also of me climbing up a really ungodly long uh, flight of stairs oh. and re- going up to like see someone who's over a table, and then on the table, it's my own dead body. Ah. Eesh. That's similar. I, I was terrified of the infinite staircase in Mario sixty four. It's uh, it's spooky. Yeah, it's a spooky. Yeah, spooky yeah. but then the feeling when you ha- when I had that nightmare was like something's incredibly close to my temple, like this. Mm. Like the, oh, and you like reckon it's not touching you. But it's not you, touching you know me, but I, I know something's yeah, there, yeah, yeah. and that's the the feeling that I had while I was climbing those stairs. Yeah, I yeah. had um, I had a recurring. I don't know if you would call it a nightmare because it was such a short uh, experience. I guess. Uh, but I remember having a recurring thing when I was younger where I would, uh, I would be in, in the dream, but it would be, uh, the first or the second floor of my house, like here yeah. on, on the mm-hmm. landing, mm-hmm. uh, by the stairs. And I would approach the top of the stairs and look down and it would be the middle of the night. Uh, and so it would be like very dark. You could kind of see the moonlight coming through the windows downstairs and through the front door. Um, but otherwise very dark and hard to see. Mm-hmm. But then at the bottom of the stairs, I'd be looking down and then a figure would just appear, uh, coming out of like where the kitchen is, if you can mm-hmm. imagine that. Yeah. And then he would kind of like look up and then he would then start running up the stairs, uh, towards me. And then I might, I would snap out of it. 
This is great. I can't wait to go to sleep tonight. Fuck, I like. Dude. I cannot wait. Yeah. To go what to did sleep the figure look like? Just just shadowy. Please. Figure? It was just a, okay. yeah. Again, a silhouette. I was yeah. gonna ask. Just don't describe him in detail like Sandy did. Please. <laughs> yeah. No, okay. Yeah. No, I don't. I want to sleep. No forms. I really sweet, yeah. sleep. sweet dreams, everybody. Yeah. Who's listening. I had. I had that. <laughs> like a nightmare cast. <laughs> I don't know why. Like I saw Inspector Guys. I'm like, that's this fan man. Yeah. <laughs> That that just tends to happen in dreams, though, where yeah. you think, yeah. man, it would be really spooky if somebody like ran down this long corridor or something, and then it happens, you're like, oh, well, have fuck. Ever, have, have either of you kept a dream journal at any time in your life? No. I've written some dreams down, mm-hmm. and I'm actually in the middle of interpreting some cool. hmm. of yeah. my own. Really there, was, there was a period about yeah. two and a half years ago that I, I recorded my dreams for like an entire summer, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a really cool experience. I recommend it. Um, it's, I, I didn't keep with it cause it, it does take a lot of commitment. Yeah. Like you have to like, yeah. once you wake up, you have to go like, right. I have to get up and now write down and you have to kind of get yourself in a weird writing mood. Um, but what you get out of it is like, I just have this weird journal with just a bunch of summer dreams in it now. Uh, and it led to me like lucid dreaming for the first time and hmm. only time in my life was mm-hmm. just like writing down your dreams, which was cool. Um, it's something I've always wanted to do, but I've just never, I've just never committed the time to it. Yeah. Yeah. The movie Waking Life got me to do it. Yeah. Um, that Richard Linklater film mm-hmm. about a guy dreaming, uh, and uh, yeah, it was. It, it's a, it's a cool exercise. Uh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. The other um, recurring dream thing I can think of, because uh, I, I don't know, I didn't really have any like recurring like nightmare thing when I was a kid besides besides that yeah besides that yeah besides that <laughs> um which again is like it's it's not like a full like nightmare experience yeah. it's it's more just like oh here's a thing mm-hmm. that uh, here's a common thing that sometimes happens yeah. mm. um but one thing that that still happens to me um and it's yeah it's not really a nightmare thing it's just a dream thing the mm-hmm. same the same way that you know dreams about falling or dreams about your teeth falling out are common mm-hmm. uh, for a mm-hmm. lot of people mm-hmm. kind of kind of in the same vein as that right um I've had dreams where usually near the end of the dream, I'll go to jump over something or I'll try to like vault over something right. or just do something like relatively normal. Maybe it's like walking downstairs or something. It could be mm-hmm. anything that is typical. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it's almost like somebody t- like really decreased the gravity in like a Gmod map or something. Right. Uh, and I just like travel like 30 feet into the air all of a sudden just straight up. Right. And I'm like reaching the apex of my jump and I'm like, oh, this is going to feel weird. And then I start falling down and that sensation of falling wakes me yeah. up. It's a really weird thing. <laughs> so, Matt, what's your question? I asked mine. Wait, what was your question? Do either of you keep a dream dream? No, I don't mean <laughs> Snuck it in there. I asked the question. Get out of here. You ain't shit. Smile. Guys ever had uh, false awakening dreams? What? <laughs> It's dream. It's dream. You, no. you set the tone, and then okay. You want me to ask another question? Let's see. Okay. Uh, False awakening. Also, yes, all the fucking time, and it sucks. Um, no, never. It's very rare for me. I hate it. It's like one of my most most of my dreams are false awakening dreams, really? and it sucks because most of them aren't exciting. Like I'll like I'll wake up, I'll go through half my day, and then I'll wake up again, and I'll be like, okay, I'm, am I actually waking up? And then I go, okay, and I go through my day, and then I wake up again, and I'm like, fuck, I had to live through the same day, like, three fucking times. And, like, back... But then like, you can, like, you can play out the events of that day. No, because they're always different, and I always make plans with different people on each dream wake-up. So then I end up waking up in reality going, fuck, what the hell are my plans for today? <laughs> like, I've actually had a few days where I phoned up someone and said, really? like, hey, like, I are we still meeting today? And they were like, we're... 
we're not meeting. And I was like, fuck, this it was is, a goddamn dream. It's a real logistical problem. Yeah, it's, never... like, it's only happened like three times where I actually had to phone someone up, but it was just like... Really? Yeah, it's brutal. Really? It's the I've, worst. I hate it. I don't think I've It was ever... really bad in high school. In high school, I would like go to fucking classes and I would like have conversations with people and then I would reference those conversations in real waking life and then they would be like, what the fuck are you... Like, they would be like, uh, and I'd be like, we talked about this before. And they'd be like, no, we didn't. And I'd be like, I'm a fucking crazy person, apparently. Yeah. Look at me. whoop de doo doo And then I'd fly out the window. Smell you And I'd just, like, zip out the window. Smell like Borat. That is That is crazy. I don't think I've ever had my dreams affect my waking life in such an explicit way like it's that. the worst it's not a, i do not recommend it <laughs> yeah. yeah no I'll, I'll be sure to not ever do that yeah just don't do that <laughs> yeah that's nuts yeah. <laughs> fuck that oh man right yeah. okay i have to come up with a real question uh or like a, a lighter question a lighter one <laughs> yeah like a light like like because it's kind of my responsibility to ask a question anyway what's your favorite season winter probably summer Sticking with the OG answer. Fall for me. Fall's a good one. Well, that we're, we, if, if we had four people, we'd force them to say spring. <laughs> <laughs> you, you only get one, yeah. and then it's taken. Just get yeah. a new co-host from Miami, and they'll say, spring Miami. break, motherfucker. <laughs> I think, if, I think if, summer, if summer wasn't my favorite season, then I, I think it would be fall. You like summer, and I'm sitting here in a puddle of my own sweat, dying. <laughs> and you're, how, and I look at you like I noticed. I noticed you guys are looking kind of clammy. Yeah, and I'm I not. wore like light clothing. That's aside just my skin color mask. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> a little bit. I'm seeing like a little bit of gleam. I, mean, I have bit. just, I just have oily skin. Oh god. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, it's fucking hot in here. All right, we made it past question round. Good job, yeah. everybody. Oh, there's a there's a user submitted question, right? I, I don't. And think we have I, leftovers. Does, does my false awakening answer count or question count? Yeah, yeah, I'd say that counts. Okay. Yeah, I'll yeah. try to come up with something better next week. Um, hello, laptop. To. Please turn on. It ran out of batteries. Um, <laughs> do we want to go over the leftovers? I, I know which one I, I want to address. Should we? Yeah, s- I read the first leftover, and I was like, really. Should we? Because uh, I downloaded it and I played it on the on the. All right, I I played around with it on the train home last time, and I was like, yeah, this isn't good. Should so, we? Yeah. Should we? Well, I mean, do... it wasn't good because of the reason you talked about. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, should we? Should we do leftovers now or save it till the very end? Because we're we're gonna get more mileage out of the submission for this week. Okay. Let's, okay, do, yeah, the let's do the submission. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll do the submission then. We'll we'll. Yeah. Move that was just some um, foreshadowing. Yeah. There we yeah. go. That's what, For, that's what we call that it. Was... As a, I'm a professional storyteller now. Uh, <laughs> that's some sequence breaking. Yeah. That's the. That's my new job. Yeah. Title, storytelling okay. guru. This is a non-linear podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's hyperlinked. <laughs> yeah yeah indeed we're gonna we're gonna release a version of this podcast in twine uh and you'll be able to play through the uh choose your own adventure version of it yeah all right we got one user submission or listener submission thank you for this week thank you for for writing in we we were going to stop promoting submissions because nobody was really writing in but just in case you're listening we'll do it this week because something was submitted Mm mm-hmm uh, so basically, pod- we'll do it anytime someone submits a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, we probably won't. Bother. Please submit. Otherwise, we'll vamp. There's a very good chance that anything you submit will and will will be on the show, and we will talk about it at length. And I will say, I love you, Air Bronco 2000. Yep, that's yeah. Air Bronco 2000. That one. that's who we, Air Bronco we 2000. I I love you so much, and you truly are a great human being, and you have you have you have worth and you are you are a valuable human, not just in monetary value, but in like mon like 
an emotional and and truly metaphysical. metaphysical and you just have value as a human being not just for existing but for what you put into this world i, I love you so much and that's gonna wrap it up for submissions for this week. <laughs> <laughs> coming on, on the love it's the italian stallion the yeah. bronco <laughs> all right so if you if you do want to send something in podcast at quizzicalpixel.com you can also tweet it at quizzicalpixel or put it in our discord server thank you sandy <laughs> i'm going crazy all right so air bronco uh, asks if you could recommend any indie games what would be your top 10 indie games 10 is a lot this is the hardest question anybody could <laughs> just ever two or three logan me. okay 10 is a lot so i, I suggest mm-hmm. maybe yeah. two to three each <laughs> splinter cell chaos theory <laughs> <laughs> oh god that's oh, the best answer <laughs> <laughs> oh man good lord oh jesus uh oh, should we worms armageddon <laughs> excellent that kind of is an indie game honestly. line rider no that's not my recommendation the second one isn't the first one is runescape oh, i do God. like chaos theory <laughs> fucking chaos none of these theory. are indie games it's so fun runescape oh wait no yeah runescape kind of is they don't kind have a publisher yeah. it's just jagex they're an independent company is minecraft an indie game <laughs> yep not anymore, Not anymore. But it was. Yeah. So at one point. Get, it was get a hold it. of the alpha for Minecraft. My, my, Minecraft was, was another indie game that was kind of, you know, was praised for being, you know, here's here's another example of indie yeah. games breaking through and there being a great market for this mm-hmm. thing now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it became this enormous thing that was too big to fail. Yeah. <laughs> too big to fail. Well, I mean, it's kind Minecraft of... Minecraft is. It's, it's kind of tapered off now, yeah, but yeah. you know what I mean? It well, just no, became this phenomenon. I don't know. Crossplay on Minecraft is now a thing, which is kind of cool. I think Microsoft yeah, is, cool. is making good use of Minecraft and like teaching kids how to code through Minecraft. Yeah, yeah. that There's is a lot of really cool, cool stuff yeah. with Minecraft. That is a really neat thing that I'm glad yeah. is happening. Yeah, and I, I'm like. Anyway, my, my favorite fort, um, my favorite indie game is my Fortnite. favorite Fortnite. I fumbled. Yeah. I like I like tripped on the way into the room. On Someone that should one. make a food based Fortnite called Fork Knife. Plus, I already made that joke. <laughs> Wait, did you? No, no, no. I didn't make that joke. Okay. I made the joke of mentioning a non-indie yeah, yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. With a game that's so specific. Guys, actually, Fork Knife is such a good fucking idea. Fork Knife? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> we should probably... The thing is, question. there's already... It sucks, because there's a Fortnite clone made where you wear pots and pans as armor. Oh. Uh, is that... Uh... But it's not called Fork Knife, which is ridiculous. No. We, we should do Diner Dash Battle Royale. And call it Fork oh, that's knife. also good. Oh, yeah. How would that Fuck, work? I want Fork Knife to be a thing so badly. Okay, sorry. What are your top three indie <laughs> games, Matt? <laughs> um, this is this is a tough question for me also. I'm going to go ahead and say Hollow Knight. Okay. Hollow Knight's going on that top three for mm-hmm. sure. Already? It's something I've talked about before, so maybe in some ways I didn't need to add it on this list, but... I mean, yeah, it's good to have it there. Yeah. At any, what position? Excuse one, two, to, or three. Um, one. It, honestly, it, it honestly yeah. might be one. Okay. Yeah. Any any time that I can give praise to Hollow Knight, yeah, I will. Right. It's a it's an outstanding game. Yeah, mm-hmm. but let's say in no particular order. Three. Yeah. Games. Yeah. Sure. Let's let's say so. Hollow Knight one. Hollow Knight's on one. one the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I will die on this hill. <laughs> Number two. Oh God, maybe maybe we should. Should we go around and say one one one? Yeah. Two, two, two. Jesus, I don't yeah, have any indie games. I don't okay. play indie. I'll say my one. Oh, I got one. Okay, go ahead. Okay, cool. So my number one is kind of a cop-out, but I legitimately think it's a phenomenal game and really a a 
a masterpiece in the whole sense of the word. I've sunk so many hours into this game, and I still love every bit of it. Um, it's what is it? Braid? It's not Braid. Oh, okay. uh, Braid is a great game, but it's it's not even on my top three. I'd say it's probably in my top ten, but it's not okay. in, not in my top three. This is like my number one indie game that kind of got me into like diving into mechanics um, and kind of understanding and getting excited about how game mechanics work. Uh, instead of just going, this game feels good. Instead, kind of trying to dive in and understand how these things work together. And it's Splunky. Splunky is mm. the greatest indie game. It is this is my number one best indie game all time. Splunky, no doubt about it. Such a phenomenal game. Uh, yeah. So that's that's that. Everyone okay. should play Splunky. Splunky two got announced, and I nearly shit myself. It's crazy I, that they're making a second one. What the fuck? I I loved Splunky so much. I read the book that the creator wrote about it. <laughs> you wrote a book? Yeah, yeah. It's a great book what? too. Yeah, and he outlines like how the random generation works. The entire oh. how, like, how the daily challenge came about. Uh, super cool. Okay, very, that sounds very awesome. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was like yeah, based Derek on- Yu is also <laughs> a pretty good writer, uh, and he also ran uh, the Indie Game Source, which was a a big and still a big indie game uh, website where a bunch of indie game creators go. And he was like basically the head mod of it for a long time, and the entire forum kind of rallied around him making Splunky, which was cool. All right, Sandy. Ollie Ollie Two. That's a good game. That's yeah. Welcome to Hollywood. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a good game. Play I love Two D Skate. Very yeah, good. Yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. good great music yeah that that and that added like manuals to it right yeah yeah it's yeah, got yeah. manuals it's got grinds it's got fuck man ollie ollie's actually such a good game ollie ollie god too. damn that's one of my three did you play their shooter game that they released no it's pretty good it's like a 2d cover-based shooter which sounds like it wouldn't work but it works super well okay and if you like ollie ollie you, you'll probably like that it's like fast-paced mm-hmm. it's pretty hard though okay uh, that's the only problem but uh yeah we, you think I'm not a real gamer? Well, no, it's just it's like it's hard in frustrating ways. At oh, okay. Like, I'm not. Yeah. A, I'm not a real gamer in that way. Then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I played. I did a stupid thing where I played it when it was first released, and I like did that stupid thing that I do where I go, I got to beat this on the hardest difficulty oh, through yeah. the first time. Mm-hmm. And I did it all, and then they released achievements afterwards, which is the only way I find self gratification in this world. And it <laughs> didn't have backwards compatibility for everything I did, so I just it looks like I've done nothing in that game. But god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, number two. Number two. I realized that I'm probably going to listen back to this while editing and then think of like 10 other games I rather would have put. Mm. But anyway. That's leftovers for next time. Yeah, so this game that's that's definitely not as good as Hollow Knight. (laughs) But still still really good. I would say number two is going to go to Papers, Please. Oh, God damn it. Yeah, I'm so glad you said it because I, I wasn't going to put it on my list because I wasn't thinking about it, but I should have put it on mine. Papers, so. Please is a, is a phenomenal game. Yes. I played it, uh, I think, three years ago now. God, it's, mm. time moves fast. Um, I played it uh, while on vacation, actually, which is a very odd time yeah. to play it because yeah. it's, a, it's a very dreary game. Yes. Um, but I, I, f- I love how the way that that game tells its story through its mm. mechanics and uh yeah how the narrative unfolds by you just being in the checkpoint Mm -hmm. the entire game and how the decisions you make uh directly uh intertwine with the events in the world and in this fictional uh 
Iron Curtain country mm. and how everything is in, is interrelated in that way. Um, mm. And just the pushing papers around gets surprisingly addictive. Uh, it, it feels satisfying to be able to run through all that, to, to, to get used to it and to run through it quickly. Yeah, I'd say that Papers, Please is a phenomenal argument for the idea that games don't have to be fun to be engaging. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think Papers, Please is not fun in any way, <laughs> um, but it's like gripping as hell. Maybe, maybe fun is not the right word. Definitely not. It. Well, that's why I think engaging is a better word. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Is that you become invested in the passport office that you're in, but like looking over sheets and stuff isn't necessarily fun in any intrinsic way. And definitely the setting is not fun. Right? Oh, yeah. And like the in-between yeah. scenes of like that stark, your father is dead. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Uh, God. It's very um, bleak. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Something I, I can't remember where I read this it might've been like a, a Reddit comment or something, but somebody pointed something very interesting out about the theme music mm-hmm. for that game. Uh, I, I don't know if this was intentional or not on the, on the part of Lucas Pope, mm-hmm. but it's interesting that the main theme for papers, please starts out very slow and it's, it's a March. It's, mm-hmm. it's very mm-hmm. like, it starts out kind of sparse, just duh, mm-hmm. duh, duh, duh. And then as the theme goes on, it gradually gets more instruments and mm-hmm. becomes more and more complicated as it mm-hmm. goes on, mm-hmm. much like how the game starts very simple and then gradually becomes more and more complicated. I'd say that's a stretch. I think it's just like most songs do a thing that that, and most games also do that. That's just kind of how media works. I like like to think that it was on purpose, though. It's it's, like, oh man, you know how, like... It's a good uh, reflection. It's incredible how every movie introduces its characters. (laughs) I was about to say, you know, in Romeo and Juliet, you start with one character, and then they meet another character, (laughs) and then by the end, some of the characters die, so there's, like, less, which is crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I'd, I'd say that that suits the level of analysis I expect from a Reddit comment. Yeah, <laughs> I, I liked it. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it, it, it works well for that game as well, because, yeah, you do kind of get this, and eventually it kind of becomes overwhelming. Like, I could say, like, that song ends up becoming kind of overwhelming at a point in it, and I think that kind of uh, stance on it could be an interesting mind. Um, but, yeah, Papers, Please, fucking great, great poll. Holy job, shit. Yeah. Also, uh, he's releasing. A, he's working on a new game. Uh, what was his Pope? What was his first name? Lucas. Lucas Pope. Uh, he's releasing a game called Return of the Obra Din. I'm very excited for that. So game. excited for that fucking game! Oh my god! Um, he posted some stuff on um, the Indie Game Source. Actually, he posted some stuff there recently about uh, his. Uh, how we got the rendering to work yeah yeah he also posted recently about how he's working on the sound design in it as well he spent like a month and a half just on sound really he was like i didn't program anything in the game except for sound this month and huh. i was like that's cool he bought like a whole keyboard and stuff for it super cool dude uh and he like lives in japan i think he's oh, I like didn't know that. cool dude yeah um he also there's this thing that happened with indie game developers at one point where they were all posting their work stations at home and people were posting like their ones by the window and stuff his one's just in this like sparse room like a very simple table and like a single laptop and it's just like this is where i work <laughs> <laughs> um all right so my second game mm. okay i'm gonna do the same thing that matt did where i'm gonna think of better and I'm already thinking of better games, but out of just like sheer love that I have for this game, uh, and a love for how it like opened me up to kind of how mechanics can tell a story without telling directly a story and how that can be weaved within an interesting confluence of game ideas. Uh, and that's the binding of Isaac, um, by Edmund McMillan. 
especially the like 17 expansions that he's released since then. Uh, it's a game that I just find infinitely replayable. This is kind of a uh, theme between this and Splunky. Both games I can just, I feel like I can always go back to and enjoy and kind of just hang out in and just sit around and just, oh yeah, I'll push, play this character and just have a fun little time. Like I'll just play the Splunky daily challenge like once a month and I'll play like a run of Binding of Isaac once in a while, right? And I'll just like hit random on the character and just play a run until I die and then just go and do something else. Uh, it's just kind of like a comforting game, even though it's about child abuse. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I'd say Binding of Isaac is really up there. I, I love that game so much. Uh, really, really, really great game. What about you, Sandy? Number two. Hotline Miami. Ooh, mm, yeah, that's a good game. That's a good, good game. one. Good pull. Yeah. yeah. Again, the music's great. Mm-hmm. It's fast. It's Horrifying. easy to understand. <laughs> the controls are really simple, but like... You can do some cool shit with the doors and throwing mm-hmm. things, and mm-hmm. it's fun. I fucking love the the tone of the original yeah. Hotline as well. Yeah. Just the surreal mm-hmm. uh, nature of mm. it. Yeah. God, yeah, that's a good choice. Yeah, I think Hotline Miami is a really, really good choice. Um, yeah, I don't have too much to say about it. I think it's just it's just a yeah. really solid game, and I think it, it got so much said about it when it released, mm-hmm. and I think all of that stuff still stands. Like even the negative feedback, I think is valid. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's like a purely contentious game, and I, I enjoy that about it. Uh, I'm glad it exists. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Doesn't hold back. Yeah, and it, and yeah, and it, it's like it's very open about its flaws as yeah. well. Like it's not it's not a perfect, perfectly like polished game. It's definitely like it chose to do some things in a way that's like, or maybe it didn't choose, but it does some things very imperfectly, but I think, uh, that just adds to the charm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I, I think I prefer that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Number three, definitely worse than hollow Knight and papers, please, which honestly, yeah, I could see a lot of games being worse than papers, please. <laughs> this is really tough. Um, I'm torn b- b- between a few choices. And the problem is that, uh, I'm struggling to think of indie games that I've played like way in the past, mm. and I'm, I'm only only the ones that I played in, in recent memory are coming to mind right now. Mm. We're we're gonna have a lot to cover in the leftovers for next week. Um, <laughs> I think I'm just gonna rattle off a few. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah, because there's a few that I I don't think belong in my top three, but I still really appreciate them because they. Like, I was going to say Subnautica. That's definitely not... Yeah, Subnautica's a great game. Subnautica is definitely not in my, my top few for a number of reasons. Uh, but it's maybe... It's it's probably the most immersive game that I've played in recent memory. Mm. And it's also a game... An, an indie game that I think captures a, a, a particular experience uh, that I don't think any other game has. Like, just that being in the ocean... Um, and just the the curiosity and fear that comes with mm-hmm. going deeper into it. Um, I'm not gonna add that to the list though. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Fury. Oh, cool! I haven't played Fury, but I've, yeah. I've heard good things. That's probably the most throwaway answer I have. Like I'm I'm very I'm <laughs> high praise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm very solid on on Hollow Knight and Papers Please. Less so on Fury, but it mm-hmm. is a I I do really like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's got really really good combat mm. um it's just uh, i don't know it's 
it's it's again it's kind of what you said about Hollow Miami. It's it's a game that definitely has some some rough edges to it. It is mm. not a it's not a perfectly polished game. Mm. Um, but I think that again that I'll, that adds like some charm to it. Mm. Um, and it has like one of the most engaging combat systems I've I've experienced in a game. Mm. Um, I really like the the replay value that comes from playing it on the harder mm. difficulty. Once you mm. beat the base game, the bosses are are real, are really interesting in their own right. Mm. The music is kick ass. Um, it's like bullet hell, shadow of the colossus. Yeah, it it yeah it it um yeah without the scale of the yeah, colossus yeah. battles, but yeah, but it's got it, the same like interlude scenes where you're just like walking through a place, right? Or something, yeah, it's yeah. Like, it feels like from what I've seen of that game, it seems to take a lot tonally from 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 shadow of the colossus. I can see that, and then yeah. like puts it through like a cyberpunk neo yeah uh, for sure like, lens. Yeah, very um. What's what's the word that people use for stuff like that? Out out drive? No. Outrun? Outrun, outrun yeah. yeah. It's yeah. very outrun. Aesthetic-wise. It's, it's yeah. got, you know, you've got Carpenter Brute. Um, I think Perturb- Pertur- Perturbator, I think, has yeah. a song on there as oh, well. Yeah, a yeah. Yeah, couple of artists you might know who who specialize in that genre of music. But yeah, it's just, I, I love that game's style, I think, above everything mm. else. The, the combat and the style. Mm. It's just a really kick-ass game. I don't know if it would be in my my top three. I'd say if, it's if, if, I, if I could think though. of a yeah, it's yeah. it's still a good choice. But I yeah, I don't know. I would if I had more time to think, it might not be there. But, Fair. Yeah. but but it's still a very solid game. Cool. So for number three, I'm going to do a deep poll that uh, I'm picking mainly so that more people know about this game, uh, and also because it's one of the very first indie games I've played. Uh, it's freeware, so you can play it. Uh, you'll probably be able to find it once I t- say the name. But before I say it, I'm going to just list off a bunch of games that are really good. You should play Everything by Davey Reedon. So that's uh, Stanley Parable and The Beginner's Guide. Oh, yeah. uh, you should play uh, Lisa the Painful. I talked about it on last episode. You should play it. Uh, it's great. Um, you should play uh, The Witness. Uh, also Braid, but I feel like The Witness is better. Um, what else? That's all that I got off the top of my head, but those are those would all be in my top ten, uh, especially Lisa and especially The Beginner's Guide. Um, those are two games that have have made me like solidified in my argument that I think games are a very significant art form. Not just that games are art, but that they are like a powerful and interesting art form uh, and something that very few other mediums or that no other mediums can achieve in the same way as those uh, experiences did. Even though The Beginner's Guide really is just a fucking walking movie, I don't think it would work as any other medium. Um, and so in that way, I think it's an incredibly landmark achievement. Uh, oh, also Cave Story. People should play Cave Story. It has like 70,000 re-releases, but damn, it's good. Uh, it's a fucking great game that has such an amount of depth in it that comes out of fucking nowhere. Also one of the first um, indie games I ever played. Anyways, the actual game I'm going to recommend is a game called Within a Deep Forest. Uh, Within a Deep Forest is a Metroidvania, uh, actually, uh, made by the guy who made Knit and Knit Stories, which I think I talked about on the first episode I was here for, um, briefly. Uh, it's a game where you play a ball. Uh, you play a bouncy rubber ball who is blue, and you are dropped into the middle of a deep forest. Uh, and the entire game is you bounce around this forest. There are no enemies. Uh, it is purely exploration-based for the Metroidvania. Uh, oh, I remember this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the game is the most calming and yet also infuriating experience I've ever played. 
Uh, and how the Metroidvania works is you discover new materials for your ball to be made out of, and you can switch between them at will uh, with, like I think, like four different buttons. And you get like a glass ball that can jump really far, but if you hit something too hard, you shatter. Um, and a bunch of you get like a super bouncy ball, you get a metal ball, all these other things. Uh, and it's like a mechanic that I've never seen before, never seen since, and is executed perfectly. Uh, and is incredibly you <clears throat> is incredibly unique, uh, and it, just a a wonderful experience that made me this was this came out way before indie games like made it uh and was the thing that convinced me that like oh indie games are interesting and they're they're going to go places um and this is unlike anything i'd played on like the playstation one or the playstation two which was what i was playing at the time was like just big console games uh and then once i had gotten a computer that had internet access that i could use regularly i found like stumble upon that little plugin that you oh, get for the yeah. browser yeah. and i just put indie games on there because i was like okay let's see what games people are making and i stumbled upon this thing uh and then found the rest of those creators games and by extension ended up finding cave story through this as well um and yeah this was kind of the gateway drug for me getting into independent games and really game development as a whole um very cool game highly recommend everybody play it i don't remember how long it is but i don't think it's over like four hours um and yeah any computer can run it and it's it's super cool uh highly recommend within a deep forest sandy last game flower ah, that's a really good pick i would pick journey no but like flower, flower is good i like flower <laughs> flower is good yeah. because flower was the first game where i wasn't killing something fair yeah and it was fun yeah and it's beautiful yeah it's such a beautiful game thanks yeah. that game company all right, on to leftovers, leftovers for next week. So yeah. Turn right. on that music. I don't have it. You um. piece of shit. You said <laughs> you piece of act. I'll put it on a post. Yeah, but I like I like listening time. to. Oh, was it? It was. Yeah, it was. Oh, okay. Also. Never mind. Okay, leftovers. The nice music's on, but we can't hear it next week or next time we record. Yeah, there'll be nice music for us to hear. Yeah. Tube of the Mask is actually all right, according to Sandy. Yeah, I mean the ads aren't as invasive as I thought. Okay. Do you disagree, Logan? I think I do. I played it, I played, like, probably an hour of it, and I think, like, 30 minutes of that was watching ads. That wasn't my experience. Okay, because it seemed real bad. Wait, you're on Android, right? Yeah. They might have different ads. Possibly. That's very possible. Yeah, because there was a shit ton of ads. It was, like, before and after every level I had to watch an ad. Uh, But I feel like it made me pace myself. Like, I would come back to a level, like, when I'm bored, but, like... No. It would just keep me away from Twitter. Fair. Basically. You know what? I say that's a win. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was it, it sucks cuz the game is really good. Yeah, like, I just I, yeah, I just want to mention it because I I don't feel like we gave it a fair shake last time we talked. Yeah. So I, I just want to say that if you're interested in that kind of a game or pace mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. give it a shot. If the ads are too much, there's actually a remove ads function that's not the Diamond membership. Oh, is there? Yeah. 149. Wait, seriously? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That's all it is? Yeah, so the Diamond membership, you can get extra... What the m- fuck? I'm going to buy that on my bus ride home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you can... you can the, the Diamond membership gives you, like, masks that you can wear that yeah, yeah. grant you different abilities. And it gives you, level. like, currency in-game as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 20% or... increase in the coins you encounter, stuff yeah. like that. Fuck. Um, and a bunch of coins also come with the Diamond membership, but you can just remove ads with the 149. Shit, I'm going to fucking do that, because that game is very good. Is that game better now? Oh, absolutely, yeah, because the ads were super pervasive. Yeah, yeah, Like, really rough. I think I'm about to. I was like, I was thinking about buying the week-long membership just to try and play as much of it as I could in the week, and Mm -hmm. then just cancel the subscription. Mm. Have you tried arcade mode? 
Uh, I have not. I like I, I bounced off it pretty hard because I was yeah. like, "Damn, this game's fun," but I hate watching the same like Clash of Clans yeah. fucking mm-hmm. ad. Every arcade time. arcade mode's pretty good too. You cool. just keep going up. Oh sweet! Yeah, oh, so that's it's awesome. Like, oh. It's randomly generated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh, sick cool. as hell. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. man. So give it a shot. Tomb of the Masks. Tomb Shit, of the yeah. Mask is it's all right. Yeah. it's a cool looking game. I'll endorse that game now. I'll say that's a cool game. Yeah, fuck man, that that game was super good. And then the only other piece that I have here, uh, which kind of relates to some of the horror games we talked about last time, mm-hmm. Call of Cthulhu got a release date. Oh yeah, the video game adaptation. The new, the new video game adaptation of yeah. Call of Cthulhu is going to be out October thirtieth. Ooh, that's a good release date from <laughs> from Focus Home. So yeah, all you streamers out there. Halloween streams, man. They know, man. That marketing department. Yeah, Halloween they released it the day before too, so that they can all preload it. Fuck. <laughs> I, I, hope, I hope they execute it uh, oh, well. Wait, is the thirtieth like a weekend? Maybe is that why? Um, maybe it's so that people can do pre-Halloween streams. It's like a well, that's yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, uh, it's Friday. It's it's in the middle of the week. It's a Tuesday. Oh, that's weird. Okay, well then, but it must ha- just Halloween. Be, yeah, it must it's, just yeah. be the Wednesday. Stream. Like here's my Halloween stream. Oh, yeah. Call of Cthulhu came that's out. Right. That's a new game. I hope that game's good because Call of Cthulhu yeah. is hard to hard to. Cthulhu is or any Lovecraft is very hard to do, but I feel like games have a lot of potential to mm-hmm. do it well because mm-hmm. you're able to change the perception really easily. It, and, exactly. Like, yeah, and hopefully. Hopefully not boil it down to uh, run from the monster. Yeah, yeah. that's that foremost realist the fucking uh, argument. Most yeah. dumbed down, yeah. lowest common denominator. Although you need horror. a bit of the run for the monster. That's part of Cthulhu. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Yeah. I'm just it's saying it's. I'm just saying the it's monster. the worst adaptation of Lovecraft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just completely changing mm-hmm. the appeal <laughs> of it. Anyway, that's all I got for leftovers, and that's all we've got for this episode. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for, for, for coming. Thank you for having us in your ears, listener. Thank you for talking about games with me and, and other things. And sometimes books, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. I still love you, Air Bronco 2000. <laughs> yeah. We will talk to you on the next one. Farewell. See ya. Bye. Smile well, well, well. <laughs> <laughs>